and welcome everybody to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it is the week in review for March 20th, 2020. It's the first week, first full week of empty arena shows, and it has been interesting to say the least. Uh, before I get to the weekend review, I'll talk about a couple other things before I uh, analyze, kind of give you some highlights and my take on Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite. i just like to let you know NWA Power is not a part of this this week since their episode did not air due to this coronavirus pandemic. They wanted to not confuse anyone by airing this week's episode of NWA Power because it's pre-recorded and they're acting like it's live and there's fans I've imagined when they taped it there was fans there so they're trying to keep in line with everything that's going on and I, I really respect that they're doing that but it'll be Raw, AEW Dynamite and Smackdown on this week's Week in Review but man there is, there's been a lot of news that came out this week I just wanted to cover a couple of things and the first first things first it's WrestleMania, two days now. It'll be two days, Saturday night and Sunday night, April 4th and 5th, and it'll be across multiple locations. Interesting. And from rumor, from what I was reading around speculation and such online, it's likely that they're going to be taping these, it sounds like they're going to be taping these shows Raw, SmackDown, and even WrestleMania kind of, they'll be taping them maybe this week and the upcoming weeks. That's why I was been getting, the word's been going around about that. It'll be interesting to see if everything's pre-taped for WrestleMania. It'll kind of take away a bit for me, but I kind of understand getting it out of the way. The safety of the performers is the most important thing. And also, we found out According to uh, reports from Ryan Satin, uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet, that there will be no battle royals at WrestleMania, and that's due to this coronavirus pandemic. You get the gist, ten, no more than 10 people in, a, in the same room together. They're all in close quarters, which uh, kind of doesn't follow the social distancing thing. I get it. But I, I, those battle royals, battle royals were honestly kind of pointless. But then we also find out, actually, as of today, on the bump, cool little bit of news, a little bit of positive news to come in our lives, our lives at this point in time. Jeff Hardy's entrance music, No More Words, is making a comeback. Jeff Hardy confirmed that on the bump today. I am so pumped. Not that I hate the old Hardy Boys music, but it's nice to see a separation from the Hardy Boys and Jeff gets his old music back. I really liked Jeff's old music in his like last uh his run his uh second run with the company uh back in 08 and 09 when he had that music. I really liked that music. I really dug that music. I'm glad they're finally bringing it back cuz it's just an awesome song. And then we find out the biggest news this week. Brody Lee and Matt Hardy are signed with All Elite Wrestling. And I will get into that later on in the weekend review when I talk AEW. 
But let's get this thing rolling. We start out with Monday Night Raw. And Edge, he comes out at the beginning of the show to cut a promo. And he talks about their history, Edge and Orton. And uh, Mick Foley at one time wanted to hand the torch to us. We grabbed it. And one lesson that Randy didn't take from Mick that Edge took was grit. And he calls Orton an entitled little brat and says everything was handed to him while Edge had to work for everything he got. And and uh, Beth, he reveals that Beth was there to retire him again. And Orton's, and he's like, you couldn't let her finish what she was going to say. And Orton pulled him out of a hole you dug for me. And it's pretty simple. At Mania, if you've got the guts, it guts. It's Edge, Orton, in a last man standing match. And it's not a story you dictate or write. I write it. It's not a tragic one. It's a redemptive one. And you won't stand back up. The intensity and Edge showed in this promo, his facials and everything were just fantastic. It was a hell of a promo from Edge to start the show. And the no crowd aspect of this, I think, worked. I think it worked great. And then after that, we get Becky driving up in a semi with her face and stuff all over it. And then we get the replay of the Royal Rumble match from this year where Drew McIntyre wins the thing. And oh my goodness, we're getting this week after week. We're getting some kind of match, pay-per-view match on the show week after week. I don't mind it, but man, you got to fill some time other than putting in matches of on from pay-per-views. I, I, I this is a good match. Don't get me wrong, but you got to fill time otherwise. And then we get the news again that WrestleMania will be held at the Performance Center. And we get the contract signing between The Undertaker and AJ Styles with The King officiating it. Undertaker was weird coming out of this. He walked very quickly. He was in a beanie and he gets in the ring, flips the table. I found this kind of odd. Then we find out post-commercial break that Taker was angry because there was no contract to sign. Nice cover, Todd. And this is looks like looks like a completely different taker. We get the Sh- Styles promo from last week, the video of that, and Styles' music plays a couple times. He doesn't show up on first or second attempt. Then Styles shows up backstage with the contract, and it's Styles says it's 2020. And you keep interjecting yourself into a world that people honestly don't want you in. And Taker always interjects himself in WrestleMania season because, well, it's Michelle's fault for that and pretty much calling Undertaker a shell of him, his former self and to let it go. And talks about the two times he stuck his nose in his business and saying the lights can go off, but he can't hide or run. And when Mania is over, he will pay for Taker's Assisted living costs. And rest in peace. Styles signs the contract. Tries to convince Anderson and Gallows to go bring it up to him. And Styles then forces him. And honestly, I thought in this segment, Styles did a pretty dang good job 
of addressing real life stuff with Taker, and that's the great thing about wrestling when you can blur uh, reality to when you can blur the lines from kayfabe to reality. I thought that was pretty good there. And uh, then they put the contract up, Gallows and Anderson do it, and the lights go out. Lights go back on. Taker's behind them. They beat the li- Taker beats the living crap out of them. Signs the contract and shoves it in Anderson's mouth. And then AJ's backstage looking angry. Hopefully it's an alright match at Mania between these two. I hope AJ can carry him to a pretty good match. I know Taker's capable of it, but it's he's getting up there in age. He's over 50. I think he's around 52 now. Hopefully Styles can carry him in this one to a uh, solid Mania match. I didn't think it was a bad segment. I enjoyed it. Then we get Andrade with Zelina Vega versus Rey Mysterio. We get Asuka on commentary, and boy, this is fantastic. But I thought it was random, but man, it was so much fun. And uh, late in the match, Andrade is in control with the submission. Rey makes a comeback, eventually gets a near fall off, a kick to the head. A few seconds later, drop, toehold, 619. Andrade hits a spinning back elbow. Moments later, Hurricane Rana 619 by Ray. Followed by the big splash. Gets the three count, gets it done for Ray. Thought this was all right. And then Asuka's crying afterward, which Asuka, the commentary by Triple H last Friday and the one, one uh, from the commentary from Asuka this uh, last Monday were just both fantastic. Then we get a video recapping the Shayna Becky buildup. And Becky then says Shayna's mere existence drives her crazy. And she bullied her way to the top. And then calls her, builds herself up, calls herself a legend of an Irish woman. Shayna's backstage looking at, a, at the screen in a weird, at a weird angle. And as long as Becky's champ, the whole world, her whole world is a lie. And... Becky knows she's a whole different opposition. She wants to, her to think how it's going to feel when she beats her at Mania. And at Mania, she's going to prove to the whole entire world that her life is a lie and it's going to hit her like a truck. She's the predator now. I thought this was a solid promo from Becky, but I don't know why Shayna was standing backstage when she could have been just standing on the ramp. But it's all right. Then we get the recap of the events. From the past few weeks between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And then KO accepts Rollins' challenge from the week before. And KO says there's not a better place than WrestleMania. And KO went through his hardest experience here. And Seth has had the advantage. Seth said he wasn't going to make it there at his tryout. And when he got signed and just a few months ago. So Rollins has not believed in KO since he's gotten there. And he'll add another memory, by uh, a big memory, by beating Rollins at Mania at the Performance Center. And to end the show is Stone Cold Steve Austin live on 316 Day. I've got a few things to pick apart on this. First off, I did not like Stone Cold reading from cue cards. The guy's a heck of a talker. Just let him do what he does. But uh, pretty much, here's what he said. He declared that the 16th day of March will be a national holiday. And if you want to know what 316 day is all about, give me a hell yeah. No one does it. 
And then Saxton eventually does it in his only, the only way Saxton can do it in a completely dorky kind of way. And he greets off certain things, like you give them a certain hand gesture. Saxton gives that an eight. Uh, you can open up a can of whoop ass on anybody you want, gets a six. Speed limit is only suggestion. Ten, that gets a 10, actually, from Saxton. A day when you don't give a damn, drink as much as you want, and burp is poetry. That gets a nine. And when your boss works for you, seven. And then beer instead of morning coffee gets an eight. And the four-letter words are always acceptable. Byron gives that a five. Austin takes issue with that. And 316 day is a day when you can whip anybody's ass. And ask Byron to come down. And he appreciates him joining him. And you know where this is going. They drink a beer together. Saxon eats a stunner. Becky comes out, brings out another cooler. She stuns him. She stunned, well, she stunned Steve on straight up Steve Austin before. And uh, she steps on Byron as she, she enters the ring, grabs a couple of beers. They drink a couple of beers together. And it ends the show. And this was all right. I was really not a big fan of the cards, like I said. And he could have done this much better without the cards, as Austin's a really, really good talker. Uh, he, Like I said, and he, he cut fantastic promos back in the day. And he didn't need the he didn't need the cards. Just let him talk. But it was fine for what it was. Gave us a bit of enjoyment. We got to see Austin deliver a stunner. And it's still a fun way to end the show. And then before he goes, we actually officially finish. He gives Saxon another stunner. And another well, he gave him a beer shower, then a stunner, which was kind of entertaining. And that's the end of the show officially. And we find out Orton will be live next week addressing the last man standing match challenge. This show was all right. I didn't enjoy it as much as I did SmackDown with the empty arena aspect of it. It was all right. The best thing from this show, in all honesty, was probably the Edge promo at the beginning of the show. They got to figure out... This is unprecedented territory for WWE. They got to figure out a way to fill a three-hour time slot on Monday and a two-hour time slot on Fridays also on Tuesdays you got to figure out how to fill a 2 hour time slot. So it's it's a it's kind of they're testing new waters here. I understand what they're going through. I get it. Just maybe a little bit more wrestling on the show. This show only had one match the whole entire show. And that's one thing I'm going to take issue with here in a little bit. But after uh, on Tuesday on Tuesday not on Tuesday. Up next it was AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. We get Cody in the ring by himself to start. And he's talking about the three athletes put away their differences and stand together tonight. And it's Cody standing in an empty arena. It's Daly's place in Jacksonville. He cuts a great promo here. And he doesn't want to feel like he's in a prison of fear. He feels alive and hope every, hopes everyone feels alive at home. Matt. Jackson's anger was misplaced. He needs his older brother wisdom. And he's tired of hyping up Hangman saying he's the best wrestler in the elite. That's what Cody says. He gets over get over his loss to Jericho and be the difference maker at Blood and Guts as they're currently facing a four on five. At that point, they were facing a four on five situation coming up at Blood and Guts. We don't know when that's gonna be, depending on how this coronavirus pandemic affects upcoming events. And he also says Kenny Omega doesn't let 
doesn't don't all we don't always like each other, but I mean, argue about who is one A, one one B. And but he says he needs him. He needs the best bout machine. He needs the elite to simply be the elite. Matt and Kenny come out. Kenny addresses. They haven't seen eye to eye always. The entire world is falling apart around us, and the world could fall apart around us. Before blood and guts, we're not even sure we'll have dynamite next week. And they want to go out as the elite. Matt says it's just us. And then ask where Hangman Adam Page is. Hangman comes out in a Dixie Chicks shirt with a drink. Definitely whiskey. And that they can't they can't fix this tonight. Or in a few weeks. But tonight and, and at Blood and Guts, will you stand with us? Jackson says. And then Hangman reluctantly puts up his drink and says yes. And really all we can do is give our best possible show, cues the lights of Pyro, and we officially kick off Dynamite. And the nice thing they did here on AEW Dynamite, before I get into this more, they brought in the talent to sit ringside to at least give us some background noise instead of complete silence during these matches. It really, really, really helped. But, uh... Later on in the night, we'll have the Elite versus the Inner Circle to figure out who is the main, not the main event, who is the, who has the advantage at Blood and Guts. And we get MJF with Tony after that, and he's here doing this interview because he doesn't have to wrestle tonight, and he lets the undercard talent get their TV time. Sean Spears and MJF, they're gambling on matches, which I thought was pretty funny, entertaining part of this thing, but... I gotta go back to that Cody promo first. It was a really good promo from Cody and the Elite for that. But uh, MJF doing what he does and always entertaining. And like I said, I'm happy they had the talent sitting ringside. And to give just some kind of background noise, talent that were there include Jake the Snake, SCU, Sonny Kiss, Lance Archer, Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, Wardlow, and Colt Cabana. After that, we get the best friends with the OC versus the Lucha Bros in a tag team match. And this was a pretty fun match. Uh, late in the match, uh, they're going for the package pile driver on the stage. Cassidy comes out to distract him. Actually, Orange Cassidy dives on him. And back in the ring, Chuck hits a pile driver on Pentagon Jr. Trent kicks out of a roll-up. Phoenix and Chuck have ref the ref distracted. Pent hits a low blow package pile driver combo. They get that gets the job done. Lucha Bros win. And I thought this was a not this was not a bad way to start the show. The interaction between MJF and Spears during that match was pretty nice. And uh there was a, also a stare down during this match between uh Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. I liked that. And Post-match, Shivani's interviewing Orange Cassidy, Trent, and Chuck Taylor. Actually, Orange Cassidy was on commentary for that match, and that was absolutely hilarious. And uh, But post-match, we get Shivani with Cassidy, Trent, and Chuck Taylor, and asks if Trent is okay. He says no. Uh, Death Triangle is a bunch of chumps. And actually, during the match, Trent gets kicked in the nuts. And Trent, well, Chuck says, you kicked him in the dick. And there's no refs, no ring. 
Next week, street fight in the street or in a parking lot. Trent says the parking lot. Street fight next week. Death Triangle. Actually, yeah, Best Friends and the Lucha Brothers. After that, we get Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian versus Riho Statlander and Hikaru Shida in a four-way match. And this match was all right. I enjoyed some of this match, some some sloppy stuff at certain points. Uh, Penelope Ford showing off for athleticism. Ford actually has a victory over Riho on the previous episode of Dark. And late in the match, uh, it's Ford hitting a cartwheel backhand spring elbow, back elbow in the corner. Uh, Sabian tries to help her a couple times during this match. Riho knees him off the apron. She knocks him off the apron a couple times during this match. Rio then gets hit with a huge knee by Sheeta. Boot from Ford onto her. Statlander hits a huge roundhouse kick on Sheeta. Drops Rio face first on Sheeta. Poison Rana by Ford. It was a really nice looking one too. And then uh, Ford, a back handspring. She gets drop kicked by Sheeta. Falcon Arrow for a near fall. Then Sheeta hits the big knee on her for another win. Continuing her momentum as she will hopefully get a title match against Nyla Rose here sometime soon. But like I said, it was a little sloppy at times, but Sheeta gets the win. It was a pretty good match. And continues her momentum. Then we get Shivani versus with Shivani. I mean, with Colt Cabana, and uh, he's scouting out there tonight. He uh, he's two and zero, uh, and Sabian overhears that, and Cabana's talking trash about him. They trade slaps, and then Cole hits a huge slap on Sabian, and that's the end of the segment. And then we get a short interview with Moxley. Well, Moxley with Tony Shivani. And he finds out that he's on the do not enter list. He's not medically cleared. And Moxley's like, I've never been medically cleared my whole entire career. And he'll be forever in the inner circle's blind spot. Then we get the Butcher and the Blade versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Another fun tag team match. And uh, it was nice to see the Lucha Brothers win in this one. Uh, late in the match, Butcher and Luchasaurus are trading strikes like they did the week before. Butcher gets the advantage for a moment. Luchasaurus hits a kick, goes for the choke slam, but then gets double teamed by Butcher and Blade, and they get a near fall. MGF's out there. He's sitting there calling for the finisher. Luchasaurus then hits a spin kick. Then he gets a drop. Then Luchasaurus drop kicks Butcher outside the ring, and it pretty much costs Butcher and Blade the match. And then a tombstone-like cutter from Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy was going to dive on them. It was a little awkward spot. But Butcher was still down. He just stomps him. But uh, Luchasaurus covers Blade. And they get the win. And it was nice to see them win. It was nice to see Luchasaurus get the win. I thought this was a fun tag team match with some uh, cool double team moves in this. There was a sidewalk slam leg drop combo from Butcher and Blade in this. And I like that finisher combo that uh, Lucha Brothers, not Lucha Brothers, but uh, Jurassic Express has. After that, we get the reveal of the Exalted One. Dark Order's out. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson says the, the Exalted One is near. He will breed new life into the dark into the dark order. 
and their eyes will open and see what evil Uno sees. And he promised the arrival, and he never lies, never breaks his promises, and he cares about you. We are one. The exalted one, exalted one is near. Daniels ends up interrupting. Daniels and Kaz. Daniels says he's telling lies, hasn't made anyone better, wasting everyone's time at home, and says the biggest lie there is is that there is no exalted one. There's just you two. But then we get a video showing the exalted one. We don't know who it is. The jacket looks similar to Matt Hardy at the beginning, but the voice doesn't sound like him. And then we find out it's Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper. And boy, I was excited about this one. He's in the ring with them. And he uh, the three attack Daniels and Kaz. And they tease Sister Abigail, does uh, Brody Lee, hits a clothesline. And actually, during that video promo, he says, you're the first old man not to believe me. And you will be the last, though. And he's referring to, wink, wink, Vince McMahon. And I thought that was awesome. And I was totally fine with this. I enjoyed it. And I thought this is a good way to get him some momentum as he enters AEW. And... I think this was a really good debut for him. And it was a surprise because they were teasing, throwing little teasers out that it was Matt Hardy. And I'm fine, that I'm totally fine they went the other way and went with Brody Lee. And let's see where this goes, man. Should be fun. And then we get Lance Archer and Jake the Snake with Tony Schiavone. And Cody's asking himself, what have I gotten myself into is what Cody actually should be thinking. And Jake's pretty much saying he's ignoring us. And that's like spitting in our faces. And he wants Cody to shut him up. And if you can't, well, if he wants him to shut him up if he can. And Jake the Snake doesn't think he can. And stand up and meet the man. This wasn't supposed to be personal. It's gotten personal. We'll get your attention. Jake the Snake, good promo. Boom, boom. Then we get a video vignette with Lance Archer in the backwoods, like a country atmosphere, and with a ring. A bunch of random people trying to fight Lance Archer, and it's called the Murderhawk Mansion. That's a cool name. I dig that. He beats the living crap out of everyone. This cool little video vignette there. We get the best friends versus... We find out that it's official. Best friends versus Lucha Bros in a parking lot brawl. And we find out also that there's a one man out. There's one man out on Team The Elite at Blood and Guts. And we find out here in a few moments who that is. And I kind of... I thought... I think I guessed this, actually. I did guess this. I was hoping it would be this, but I actually guessed it correct. And But we go with this. It is it is Jake Hager with Santana and Ortiz versus Cody, Matt Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page. This is the, the to decide who gets the advantage at Blood and Guts. We get Sammy Guevara on the mic 
before Jericho comes out, when Jericho comes out, and Sammy Guevara, not when, well, not before Jericho comes out, but when he did come out, Guevara gets on the mic, he starts singing Judas with MJF, this is just fantastic, this is fun, and that's bringing joy to people who are probably not feeling a ton of joy right now, it's something to make you smile, it was funny, it was hilarious, I loved Sammy Guevara there. Jericho joins commentary, and Jericho's making fun of Arn Anderson because he thinks he has a Waffle House menu. And I love that Adam Page's name bar when he came out said, Adam Handwash Page. Love it. Uh, this match was pretty good, I thought. Actually, I thought Hangman and Matt, they teased a good thing here. At the end of the match, this is what's happening. Matt hits some locomotion, Northern Lights suplex on uh, Santana. Matt tries to hit them on Hager. Hangman helps him out. Hits a double team, one on him. They actually go for the Indy Taker. Hager grabs his legs and makes him go face first on the apron. And then Santana wins with a victory roll, giving them the advantage at Blood and Guts. And really, for a moment in this, they did a good job teasing. They've been on the money with this Hangman Adam Page heel turn possibly they have been on point with it but for a moment in this match you thought hangman and and matt were actually going to work as a cohesive unit but hager cut that off but yeah santana and the inner inner circle now have the advantage at blood and guts we get a post-match promo from jericho they knew they had the advantage and one we beat you in the match two we're the inner circle three we're banning all fans from aew future events even if people are healthy and they can come back to wrestling events and four the reason fourth reason why they're going to beat them at blood and guts is the elite only has four inner circle has five you don't stand they don't stand a chance against us never had a problem they can't lose they win they've dominated aew the elite and at blood and guts they'll dominate there too Jericho continues talking, and then we get a drone flying out of the air. Oh, what is that? It's a bird? It's a plane? No. It's Vanguard 1. And Matt says, it's not just the four of us. He called a friend in who owed him a favor. And then we get the piano playing, and it's Matt Mother-Freaking-Hardy. Actually, Matt Broken Mother-Freaking-Hardy. He's at the top of the building doing all his facial expressions, arms outstretched, and I was hyped for this. And I, like I said earlier, I had a feeling they were possibly going to reveal Broken Matt as the mystery partner after we uh, found out that Brody Lee was the exalted one. But this was awesome. That's the way you debut that character. That was fun. Should be f- fun stuff at Blood and Guts whenever that does take place. But really, that was great stuff. Great stuff. That was a heck of a debut. And the the I I was hyped. That was that was that was a cool moment. We finally gonna get to see the real broken Matt Hardy, not the uh washed down version that WWE tried to do with Woken. He's going to get full, the thing I like about this is he's going to get full creative freedom here in AEW. So he's going to get to do what he wants with this character. WWE, 
he had to go through hoops and stuff to get to make a deci- somebody to make a decision for him to do what he wants. He doesn't have to go through as many hoops here. He can just a- ask somebody and they can he's like, "Yep, we're good. Then we can do it." That helps Matt out a lot. When he has creative freedom, he does a heck of a job. And I think this is great stuff. And I really like this show. They had the talent as audience members. It made it feel better. There was some at least some noise in the background. And I thought this was the best empty arena show of the three by far. It had good wrestling. And the reveals they did were pretty awesome and well executed. I like that they revealed Brody Lee as the exalted one. That's a kind of a surprise. And then we get Matt Hardy being the fifth person in Blood and Guts. Fantastic. That was a really good empty arena, pretty much empty arena show. And I like the storytelling at the end of the match, uh, the main event between the Elite and the Inner Circle where there was almost some cohesiveness between Matt and Adam Page, but it didn't quite work there. But this was a very good show, especially with the circumstances they were dealt. And hopefully we get blood and du- blood and guts next week. Then it was Friday Night SmackDown. And SmackDown, beginning of SmackDown, Smo- Mojo introduces Gronk, and he's all hyped up. Even though there's zero people at WrestleMania, I didn't dig this. But then we get Gronk. We we know that Gronk's hosting WrestleMania. Mojo's there to watch his back. And Corbin interrupts. And Corbin expects Gronk to get on his knees and bow. Gronk's not going to do it. Uh, talking about how they both came from the same background. No padding here. They better fall in line. Or the party will be over. Elias interrupts. Finally gets to sing his song. Making fun of Corbin. Saying Gronk will spike his head like a touchdown. Jackets come off. Gronk pushes Corbin over Gronk. Elias throws him out. Gronk advocates that WWE makes Elias versus King Corbin at Mania. Please no. Please no. If any match was made for a pre-show. It would be this one. But really, we're probably not going to get a pre-show. So this match is probably just going to be on the regular Mania show. And I'm not really excited for it. I feel like these two styles will probably... Two guys' styles will clash. I actually felt bad for Corbin here. I did not, li- I did not like the way Gronk was introduced here. It, it was just... I didn't, I didn't really like it. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it, I'm, I'm just not a Gronk person. His energy is infectious. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not a Gronk fan. And I thought this was just meh. After that, we get Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. And this was a pretty good match. I thought I enjoyed it. And uh, late in the match, uh, Cesaro's tagged in, running it knee in the corner by Shinsuke, followed by a toss-up uppercut by Cesaro for a near fall on uh Gulak, and now they take turns beating up on Gulak. Gulak hits a big clothesline. Gulak then has no one to tag. He almost reverses a back body drop into a pin in the corner. Gulak fights him off, fights Cesaro off, gets a full Nelson in on Cesaro. Cesaro reverses it, blind tag to Daniel Bryan actually, and Bryan goes in, gets the victory roll for the win. And I thought this was a nice, solid tag team match. And good technical wrestling by both teams. And I really liked 
this combo. Uh, I really like this combo of uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Both technical masterminds. I think they should be a pretty good team. And then we find out what we found out earlier today that we'll get to watch WrestleMania 30 this Sunday on ESPN at 7 p.m. And that's the WrestleMania that had the uh, uh, miracle on Bourbon Street where Daniel Bryan defeated Batista and Randy Orton to become the undisputed WWE heavyweight champion. And that also involved the Undertaker's streak being ended by the Beast, Brock Lesnar. We get Then we get a promo backstage. Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan breathing deep, doing stretches. And then Zayn's going to teach Bryan how to be me. Zayn's being... Zayn tells Bryan that all he's being taught is how to be mediocre. And he's squeaking out wins. And he propose, Bryan then proposes that he defends the title against him at Mania. But we find out if Drew Gulak does beat Shinsuke Nakamura next week, uh, Sami Zayn will happily agree to an intercontinental intercontinental title match at WrestleMania. And then we get Paige showing up via Skype. Bailey is kind of making fun of her for no showing last week. Then we get this and she's happy she shows up. Bailey makes some jokes at her and um, uh, Paige says it takes more than greatness to change people's hearts. Courage is the word and bullies don't help that. And then Paige asks if Bailey asks if Paige can do something about it, but oh yeah, you can't. <laughs> and then Paige says she's not living in the past and can't wait. Paige is going to announce that Bailey has opponents at WrestleMania. As a WrestleMania match, Paige is going to announce that. And Bailey says she didn't plan on having a Mania match. She said, but then Paige says she's defending her title against Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke. And Bailey then makes a Tamina joke. Tamina gets added to the match. And we're getting a six pack challenge. Naomi gets added also. And then the final competitor. But before we get to Paige announcing that, Sasha calls Paige a female dog. And how could you do this? And then she announces that Sasha is the sixth person involved in the six-pack challenge. And she looks shocked. And she looks at the title. Well, she's not shocked as much as she looks at the title. And then Bailey runs back, kind of gets out of the ring, walks back. And Sasha's kind of smirking as Bailey's walking back to the backstage area. Sasha's like, ooh, this is my opportunity to get the title back. I, I'm not a big fan of a six-pack challenge, really. But uh, I like that. Sa- I like Sasha's facials here after she found out she's getting the title match. She looked at the title, kind of uh, is grinning. And once Bailey's got up the stage, she's angry and not happy. And Sasha's kind of happy that she's getting the title match at WrestleMania. But honestly, this Sasha-Bailey stuff, it's about two years too late. They waited way too long to do this. If they're doing, planning on doing this, why didn't they do this two years ago? The trigger should have been pulled such a long time ago, but hopefully we get it. I wouldn't mind Sasha winning the title at Mania. It'd be a nice change getting the title off of Bailey here, but 
We'll see what happens. I'm not a big fan of six-pack challenges, but at least it gets more people on the card. And then we get another match from WrestleMania 30, and it's Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. This makes sense in the story aspect. This is how this is let this led to Bray Wyatt becoming the fiend. But I'm just not a big fan of putting old matches on the shows. You got to figure out a better way to fill time. And then we get a video showing Bray's promo from last week. Then the Miz and Morrison's dirt sheet. They're talking about their no challengers at Mania Forum. They beat everyone at the Elimination Chamber. And Miz asks the non-existent audience who they should channel, who they should face at WrestleMania. Who should they defend their titles against? And then we get a bunch of different things of Miz and Morrison portraying different characters, including the New Day, the Usos, and then Heavy Machinery. And these are funny. Uh... They're making fun of heavy machinery. They're dressed as bacon instead of ham. Usos keep getting it wrong, and they're just making fun of... They're all making... They're just making fun of each of those tag teams. And heavy machinery makes fun of the New Day's intro. And then Usos, portrayed by Miz and Morrison, mistake heavy machinery as ham when they're actually bacon. And heavy machinery says they didn't have ham costumes. But I thought this seg- part of the this segment between with uh, Miz and Morrison was hilarious. It was I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And then Miz and Morrison think they should take the night off, but heavy machinery shows up. We get Caleb Braxton with Bliss and Cross, and Bliss is going to do whatever it takes to get what she wants. And her schedule is open next week, and she wants to face Asuka and ask her to come through the front door this time. And then we get Miz and Morrison versus Heavy Machinery. And Dolph interrupts mid-match. And uh, as uh, Otis was going for a caterpillar, and Dolph is showing pictures of Mandy and himself from Instagram, putting him down. Otis is getting emotional. Now he's angry. And Dolph gets away. He grabs Dolph for a second, throws him. Otis almost hits him with the chair. Miz and Morrison grab it. Otis then throws Miz face first into the post. Then Otis slams uh, Morrison into the post. He runs Morrison and Miz through the barrier. He gets angry. He grabs a chair. Tucker tries to talk him out of it. But then Otis is wrecking Miz and Morrison as uh, Dolph Ziggler is on the top of the ramp. He's just wrecking him with the chair. He's angry. He's angry. And by the end of it, Otis is crying in Tucker's arms. You feel bad for Otis here. It was cool. I, I like this this uh, dangerous side of Otis, this angry side of Otis, because if you get angry, Otis angry, you don't want to mess with him. And uh, hopefully we get Otis versus Ziggler at Mania. But I thought this was a pretty good match and pretty good segment to set up Otis and Ziggler in the future. The last thing we get this week is Michael Cole's contract signing with Goldberg and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at Mania. Before we, When we get to the ring, both men throw their chairs out and stare-offs happening, and Cole asks them a couple of questions, and in one involving uh, Roman, if he was hoping it was Roman, and he was, and he didn't think he had the balls to do it, but he did it. 
and Roman took the challenge, and all the greats have been coming at me, and he's beating them all. Roman's beating them all. And then they're talking about the shot he took at Goldberg via Twitter about headbutting doors. He calls Goldberg a female dog bulldog. A female bulldog holding a title he never earned. And Roman signs the contract. And Goldberg says he's been destroying doors across the world for years with the headbutt. And says Roman will be the next victim. Signs the contract, grabs his title, flips the table, they stare down, end the show. I thought this was alright. It was alright. I'm just still not, I'm just not sold on this match, really. Should be fine, but... I'm just not into this Goldberg Reign stuff, but it was this. This was I thought this was a step up from Raw, but the issue I take with these episodes of Raw and SmackDown was there was hardly any wrestling on either of them. We had three total matches on Raw and SmackDown, and we had zero matches from NXT that I didn't watch. But yeah, we had three total live matches. From Raw and SmackDown, you gotta at least have a couple more in there. Two matches per show at minimum, because we filled a lot of this time with promos and stuff, which was fine, but I would like to see a little more wrestling. I know you're trying to keep the wrestlers safe, but a little more wrestling wouldn't hurt. But overall, not a bad week, not a great week. AEW Dynamite, to get this rankings thing started, they're number one this week. Really obvious, number one. And really, number two, just slightly above Monday Night Raw is Friday Night SmackDown. I thought the promos were better. The storylines were uh, pushed a little further, like Goldberg and Reigns, even though I'm not a big fan of it. And uh, Heavy Machinery, well, Otis and Dolph Ziggler. I was fine with that. And... Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan, they had a pretty good match on that show with Shinsuke and Cesaro. But uh, coming up, next week I'll have this up. I might not do the weekend review. I'll look at it. I'll look at what we've got coming up next week because Raw might be taking place. Who knows? AEW Dynamite might be taking place. Who knows? And then Friday Night SmackDown might be taking place. But who knows? So we're going to play it by ear. But uh, if if they all do take place, I will do the weekend review. That's only if at least Raw or SmackDown and AEW Dynamite are on. If AEW Dynamite's not on, I'm not doing the weekend review next week. I'm not going to do that. I Instead... My alternative for that is to give you my top five favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. I will do that instead of the weekend review if Dynamite is canceled next week. But we'll see. We'll play it by ear. I'll keep you updated via social media on Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on the iHeartRadio app. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave me a five-star review if you enjoy the show. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.